This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Everybody is going to be extremely excited today because we have Mr. Ricky Hader, one of my favorite people in the insurance industry on the podcast. What's up, Ricky? What's up, Dave? How you doing, man? We are uh, we're cruising, cruising during COVID. <laughs> yeah, the COVID cruise, huh? <laughs> yeah. I wish Sign me up. I wish it was the COVID cruise. It's been the COVID answer the phone and just crush personal lines all week. It's crazy. I've been, I feel like I've been working in a call center all week. You know, it's, it's funny knowing you, um, that's gotta be awful for you. (laughs) (laughs) It is absolutely horrific. But the sad part is man, the way I'm wired, I get pissed off if I don't get the $600 sale more than I do the 600,000. I mean, that's to me, that's the one that should be the lay down. And it's more of a challenge. If you're used to dealing with, middle market buyers not that you're superior if you do you're just dealing with a completely different psychology right so i'm used to dealing with middle middle market people that it's easier to talk to logically and lay out a business case and everything like that it's a real challenge to figure out how to get the hook to close some of this stuff especially when it's so transactional and i'm gonna let you on a huge secret I took three policies over on AOR by noon yesterday morning. You know what the hook was? I answered my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. We'll keep that secret between us and a few thousand thousand listeners probably. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, man. You know, these people called me. I'm not going to name the carrier because that's irrelevant to this. But they went to the carrier website, found out that we're appointed with that carrier, which is nuts because I've only had my contract with them for like two or three weeks. And they call and they're, they say, hey, um, I want to move all my business over to your agency because I don't like the person who's representing me now. And I'm like, is this like one of those secret shopper calls or something? <laughs> like, what's this is not how these calls go. And then, you know, you've got the next one calls in and it's like, hey, my agent wouldn't answer the phone. So um, 
I have questions about why I lost my win mitigation credit. Can you take my policy over? Not like <laughs> we look at it and give me free advice or nothing. I'm like, wow, this personalized gig's pretty solid. I can uh, sit here, pop about fifteen hundred a day in commissions, and I should well, just give up everything else. The unresponsiveness in in the industry is is already there. I have to imagine it's gotten worse since all of this, you know, working from home and everything. It's, I mean, it, there, there's no way that that could have helped the situation. I mean, dude, it's crazy, right? Like, I think Dave, I don't. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I read a lot. And, and Dave, I, I think it was you that said in one of yours. And if it wasn't you, I'm sorry. But it, how insurance is like the one industry that you can do the absolute minimum for people and keep getting paid for their business. <laughs> <laughs> if if it wasn't me, I can assure you, I have said several iterations of that. I can I can promise you my the one I typically go to is the one that got me into the industry. I think it holds true for any sales job, really. But when people said, you know, the average person in the insurance industry is average, they're C player. So if you're an A player, you're going to win all the time. And I mean, that's all I had to hear was if I do anything at all to make myself a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better, I'm going to absolutely kill. Oh, absolutely. And you don't, and it doesn't even have to be that much, right? Like, like you said, be there and answer the phone. And I've even found, I don't even have to have the answer, right? If I don't know it, I just, all I have to do is answer the phone, be there for them, reassure them, tell them, you know what? I don't have that answer. I'm going to go get it and right. I'll have it for you by the end of the day. And Dude, that's I all get, people want to hear. Listen, I tell people all the time when I talk, here's the deal. You have to do four things. Four things to be more successful than your peers in the insurance industry or any industry. Be on time. Return phone calls and emails in a proper time time frame, right? Do what you say you're going to do. And if you don't know the answer, don't make one up. Admit you don't know everything. Tell them you'll get the answer and then get back to them in a timely fashion. If you can do those four things, as simple as it sounds, ladies and gentlemen, send your checks to me in Valrico, Florida <laughs> for that information. You're That's it. That's all you have yeah. to do. And that's what blows my mind. People, people just can't get their head around the fact you only have to execute at a basic level in any of this. What does that say? If you can't do those four things, I think people are afraid to not have the answer. And in reality, I think people are, are it, it's better if you just tell them straight up, Hey, look, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to find it for you. It creates that trust. Like we were talking about, you know, on the, on the previous episode, but, um, you know, you know, they can, they can relate to that and they accept that, they, you know, they shouldn't expect you to have every single answer all the time. It's you know not realistic, especially with some of the, you know, different complexities of policies that we have. Well, and on top of that, I think people are afraid to give people bad news, right? Well, like, that's the other thing, yeah. man. Think about, you know, I've always said, hit it head on, cut them off yeah. at the pass. You know, you've got to be out in front of it. Good news, bad news, or otherwise, we already know they don't want to hear it. Do you want them to end up hearing it another way or when it's even worse than it already is and you have a bad reputation or would you rather just have them be upset for a little bit, but then appreciate the fact that you were straight up with them? Right. You know, well, and insurance is real time based. I mean, give them the bad news so you can get a solution and move on with the least amount of damage. You know, what you can drag that out another day or two just, just because you're afraid to deliver that. And now, 
rates are different, things are, you know, the whole thing just, you can't do that. And, and producers are the worst on that. I mean, I've managed all kinds of people where, you know, you follow up, Hey, how'd they take that? Oh, I haven't got a hold of them yet. That's classic. You didn't call. You didn't even. What do you mean you get a hold of them? They're waiting for your call. They, you tried. You just didn't want to give them the bad news. Hey, before we get too far down the road, man, why don't you give everybody a little bit of your background? I mean, we just sort of jumped right into it and curing all of the insurance world problems. But give them like the elevator pitch of where you came from to how you got in that sweet Iron Maiden T-shirt you're rocking today. <laughs> So funny, real quick, funny story about this shirt. I got this shirt. Uh, actually, it's not even that funny. Never mind. I, th- I got this shirt um, at the most recent show they did here in Portland. And I was real sweaty in there running around. And I got. Well, I, nat- I, naturally. No, this, this is good. No, this is good. I, I got. Come out. Running and Iron Maiden don't go together unless it's. Well, on yeah, your when you're, you know, you know, when you're down in general admission, kind of in the mosh pit type area, and um, <laughs> type area. That's well, an official area classification, ladies well, I'm and gentlemen. A, I'm a dad now, so I got to stand in the back a little bit, and <laughs> and uh, I've I got I wear earplugs because I go to a lot of concerts and I like to sleep afterwards, you know, and not just have that constant ringing in my ear all night. And I got one stuck in my ear and I had to go, I I had to go to the first aid and they had to pull it out with those tweezer things. And it hurt so bad. I've never had that happen to me before. Me either. Yeah. (laughs) And for the record, I don't plan on going home and jamming an earplug into my ear. I have no idea how it happened. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, so well, anyway, I have a feeling it had something to do with the fact you were running around at an Iron Maiden concert. Yeah, those two cannot be mutually exclusive. I I love I'm picturing Iron him Maiden. just sprinting around in between the aisles. My my oldest daughter, her name is Maiden. We we gave it, we named her just... Maiden, um, and we put a Y instead of an I in the name, so it looks a little more like a name. Um, I love it. So, um, anyways. I um I, I have a captive background. <laughs> when I when I first got into insurance, you all right, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I when I first got into in, sorry, we you may maybe we're gonna edit that part, maybe some of that out. I don't know. We, <laughs> yeah, uh, we kind of went off topic there a bunch. When I got yeah, into insurance, so I got into insurance um, through a captive model. Um, I was a state farm agent for a few years before I made the jump to be independent. Um, and the reason really was I didn't know any better. I, I was in a place where I really didn't like my job. Um, I didn't like my boss and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted my own business of some type. And my wife's best friend is a claims team manager at state farm. And she was telling me, you know, hey, I can get, you should go to State Farm, be an agent. And I said, you know, I don't want to work for State Farm. They're too corporate. There are two. It's just, it's, that's not me. I'm not a corporate kind of guy. And I see you, you, you've lived in Bakersfield. You move in order to move up. You have to go move wherever they move you. I, I don't want to move out of Portland, man. I, I love where I am. Like I, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it from where I want to be. And she said, no. If you're an agent, it's your own business. You're kind of you're not quite in that corporate atmosphere, and you have control. So, 
I spent a week kind of researching what an insurance agent does in general. The life and it and it checked all the boxes I was looking for, you know, the freedom, residual income. I got a product that everybody needs, the lifestyle, work real hard. And like we talked about at the beginning of this call, you don't you don't even have to be the best. You just have to show up, be on time, and be there for people, right? I like sales, mm -hmm. I like people, I like helping people. So um I went and I applied at State Farm, Farmers, Country, because again, I didn't know better. Um, and I kept getting through all the steps at State Farm while they're continuously telling me how hard that is to do. So I'm thinking I'm in the right place. Um, fast forward a little bit, I got my agency, signed my permanent contract. And it's funny because on the day I signed that contract, I knew that I had to leave. Um, but you have to sign it because what am I going to do? Now I have this agency. I've got some debt that came with it to build it. I can't just turn it off immediately. So I went and researched what it was like, what a what an independent agent looks like, and um, found a decided I wanted to be part of an aggregator, a cluster, whatever anybody wants to call it. I'm in a partner network that is great, the Simmons Partner Network. I love those guys. Um, they've done they're they're awesome, and uh, here I am now a captive agent and with that transition i've I've learned a lot of lessons um, i uh, i I think the experience having that state farm was good because it kind of taught me how to manage and run an agency right even though it's kind of their way I didn't have any insurance experience previous so and they gave me a book of business you know you don't just start scratch which is really, really, really hard to start a scratch agency. And I left all that to do that. Um, and as much as the challenge as that's been for me, I would never do it different. Nice. You said you, you know, learned a lot of lessons. What, what was like your biggest takeaway throughout, through that experience? With State Farm? Yeah. Um, I, I would say um, how to produce personal lines quick and in volume. Because with personal lines, <clears throat> it's a volume turn and burn game, like 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 you were saying. I mean, you just you got to be on it. You got to follow up with people a bunch of times. You got to run, 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 run. And if you're not right in the kind of volume, you don't really get paid because the margins are so slim there. Mm -hmm. And they're expecting uh, immediate turnaround. Immediate. I mean, you boom, boom. I got your quote. I'm going to get you today. I got it. Here it right. is. Done. You next, 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 next. Let's go. Yep. Close. Quick. Close. Go. Um, and how to kind of outsell your problems. You know, if you start, you, because uh, when you inherit a book of business there, a lot of them might probably have a relationship with the previous agent that retired. And now mm -hmm. they don't know you and you're the new guy. And there's a you're going to lose a big percentage of people that, hey, you know, I would have considered switching, but I was friends with him. Now he's gone. I don't know you, my buddy up the street. I'm going to go to him. Sure. And that's just natural, right? And so what do you do? You sell in volume and you outsell the, that loss. Um, so it's really about how to, I, I, I think the biggest takeaway really is, is that volume moving at a fast pace, right? And how, how to just keep working through that and still have that service and be able to take care of people. Cool. 
I'm surprised you didn't say it was how to round accounts by selling multiple policies at renewal every year, because I can tell you that my impression of an independent agent or any agent for that matter was the fact that every single year when I was growing up, the state farm guy would always call my parents in to do the annual policy review. And my dad would get nailed every time. He probably has cancer (laughs) policies, hospitalizations. To all that stuff to this day. But the other thing, too, I remember is, is how um, – so I figured for sure that was going to be what you said because those guys, they have to have a good training program and to get them to, to master that whole renewal meeting process and all of that. Well, it's required. I mean, it's almost required. Like they just, that's just what you, I guess, I guess that is a good point, Dave, but you kind of take that for granted when you're in there because that's just what you do, right? Like when you – when you get to the independent side, it's really easy to to just sell monoline. There's mm-hmm. you, they don't, a lot of because because at State Farm and other other captives, they're not always super competitive. They're not always it's not always the best. The way you do that is by running those accounts on the front end. You do I mean when you come in, it's for for those appointments. It's for like you say those health supplements, the disability, the life, the financial pieces, and. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, that's it's a different world, and I, I guess that's something I just take for granted. That's just the process. Well, the other thing though is they're flipping auto rates. Depending, like if they're hot on something, they're hot on something. So you know, it was Mr. Carruthers. You can take these three policies, and as a result of your multi policy discount, your auto insurance premium for the next six months is fifty three dollars. I mean, you know, I can't believe how cheap my mom and dad's car insurance, even to this day. Yes, if, but my goodness, they've been with State Farm for like 40 years. Oh, dude, if you if you fit inside of their window of the type of risk that they want, mm-hmm. no one's going to touch their, those rates. And then if you have your grandfathered in for those 40-year policies, especially, there's there's no way. You're stupid to leave. I mean, I, I run into people on personal lines here as an independent that have some of those, and I just tell them, listen. I don't care. If you don't like your agent, go find another state farm agent that you do like because you're crazy to leave that policy. Yeah. How does that work? Can they do just like, do they do an agent, a record letter within state farm as well? Is that how yeah. that happens? Pretty much. Yeah. They just, hmm. it, they, so if a makes the Christmas party awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I mean, obviously the client can do whatever they want, but it does cause friction among those agents. You know, they, uh, they don't like it. They they you see each other all the time at meetings. At- Dude, I see it right now in my head, like the <laughs> like the gang fight in Anchorman. You oh, know, that's so awesome. Yeah. yeah, dude, and and it's it's Rick it's killed a guy. It's Dorothy fu- <laughs> <laughs> Mantooth is a saint <laughs> over that three thousand dollar household. Yeah, <laughs> we uh. You know, and, and the mindset, but it's funny because the mindset is so much different. You know, when you're captive like that, you're so protective of those and you get so mad if, about the agent down the street that took that one and you'll have that beef for a while. Right. But here on the independent side, I've, I've really learned how to change my mind. They got the reds and the khakis <laughs> <laughs> instead, yeah. of, the, instead uh, of the bloods and the crips. They got the uh, reds and the khakis. Uh-huh. Which bandana you got hanging out of your pocket. Which side oh, yeah, man. On. There was one agent that was like, don't shut up when I left to go independent. Don't shut up in my neighborhood. I got that locked. And it's like, dude, there is there is so much business for everybody. Like, 
I, I don't care about your clients, man. I can go get my own. I'm not, I'm not oh, here man. coming after you. And that's kind of the captive mindset that I don't know. I just don't get it, man. I, I, hey man, you're not going to tell me where I'm opening up. Yeah, yeah right. I'll open up on a card table in the southwest corner of your parking lot. <laughs> yeah, who who cares? So so I I came through captive, and I uh, you know I I also think about I, I like how you say and and you say I've thought about this and not known how to say it till I heard you say it too that uh, having those big fancy offices are just monuments to yourself. Right. That stuff yep. doesn't sell any more policies. Right. And and that's and that's one of the things they want. You have to go and you have to have this amount of people in your office. You have to have your office and it needs to look like this. And it's gotta be a storefront. It's they they want the big I show. mean, who even walks into an insurance office anymore? Like the kind of people that you don't want to talk to, they're gonna waste right. your time all day. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Um and so where I've kinda where I kinda failed out the gates going independent i didn't know any better right like okay well i guess i need to have a big office and i need to have this big show and i need to spend all this money on a bunch of bullshit and mm -hmm. that's all it is is a bunch of bullshit that makes me feel better because i got this big fancy office but at the end of the day it's not writing me any more business you know how many you know how many clients came in to see me in that office one right one prior prior and edna and she brought you a stack of honey pies which it took my, no way man. it <laughs> took it took my mom a full year to even come and see my office oh, <laughs> it wasn't awesome. even my mom so so you know i i learned through that that um to take a step back and kind of define what i want my agency to be and what i want how I want this to go. Cause I've never, I never took the time to do that. I knew I wanted to have an insurance agency and I go through this process and they put you through the ringer and they define your goals. They define what makes you successful. They own your business on and on. And I went so fast to go independent and thought that was the same, that that's not really how it works. So at the end of last year, um, I took a big step back and really started looking at what do I want? What makes me happy with this? And and at the end of the day, grinding out personal lines as hard of work as that is for the little that it pays isn't really satisfying to me. And that's how David, you and I started becoming close friends is I am very, very attracted to the way that you go and get business and and how you go and find those bigger fish. And And, you know, I come from a background of light industrial work. I spent half my life in a warehouse driving trucks and working with those kind of commercial accounts that I never had the opportunity at State Farm because that's just not what they do. And figuring out, hey, that makes me a lot happier working on these projects, thinking through how to put these big plans together for these companies and managing their risk. That make it, So now I'm making that transition. And I'll tell you, man, I just I feel like now I finally figured out what I want to do with insurance. What's been the biggest obstacle making that change from the, you know, personal lines and the, you know, the day-to-day -day grind of that? Was. A little thing called COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Coronavirus. Of course. Um, I mean, literally he started down this road <laughs> like what a week before COVID maybe. Oh, that's awesome. That. I think, I think you gave me the business plan template 
a little bit a few weeks before the full the course officially launched. Mm. So I started working on that probably mid February. Yep. Um, and and at that time it was this weird thing in China. Look how this is spreading. Can you believe what's going on to people over there? Like, mm-hmm. and it was that, right? It was, God, this is terrible. What's happening o- over there? None of right. this, like, not even with the idea or sense that it could be here in our life now. Right? I remember somebody posted in the Facebook group for innovation. What have you guys done to prep for the coronavirus? And Nick's like, nothing. Why? Yeah, what? You know. <laughs> what? Yeah. And here we all then, are in our yeah. pajamas at home talking about how we can live virtually. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. And that was what, six weeks ago, two months ago at the most? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that, I, so that's been my biggest challenge. I, sure. And I got to, you know, but I'll be honest, before, before that, the kind of accounts, I guess we're kind of transitioning a little bit now, but the kind of accounts, that you're teaching me how to get or what I've always wanted to get, but never knew how or thought that how would I even open that door? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, like how, how, how do, what do I just go knock on someone's door? Hey, look, Hey, I, you know, I used to have a CDL and I used to manage all these fleets. You should let me do your insurance. I mean, <laughs> I guess if I knock on enough of those doors, someone eventually will say yes, but they would you know. say, "Were you were you running around the mosh pit at the Iron Maiden concert last Friday?" You're the guy uh, who got that thing stuck in his ear, right? Yeah, yeah. Didn't they have to pull out the gator on that? Oh, uh, so so I uh, and and you also kind of changed my mindset too at innovation. Um, I remember asking you, and this was a thought of mine about. You know, I want to transition to commercial. Should I? St- what do you think about going and getting some of these smaller accounts and growing into it? And and I remember you asked me, well, why would you want to do that? What if you only knew how to do big mid market? You know, you don't even know the rest. Why 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 not just go learn what you want yeah, to why, get? Why waste beginning? your time doing something that's going to be irrelevant at some point and just go to right to where you want to be? Because if you don't know any different, how hard is it? And, right. and, and and I thought about that. And that really, I think, is what lit the fuse for me to go and take that action and, 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 and go and get it, right? It was, you know what? You're right. Why am I selling myself short? Why, if that's what I want to do, why even learn? Why even go and mess with all that little, little stuff? Why, why? When it's kind of like the personal lines that I'm doing. And, and don't get me wrong. I like, I love insurance and I love helping people out. I, it's just the work that it takes to do it. And the clients that don't really listen to your advice as well is what, is what bothers me. Super frustrating. You know, it's like, it's like, Hey, I just, you don't want to do that because X you want to do this because it's going to help you here. They don't do that. Then it's impacted in their rates at renewal and this and that. And I got to listen to them complain. It's like, well, you didn't even take my advice. This is why, but you can't say it that way. Right. So, so, so I'm, I'm excited to start working with people that do take my advice or appreciate my advice mm-hmm. and want to hear it. And um, so I, I guess I haven't really had a hard part because the hard part was how do I get change my head and think that that's one possible and two, how do I find how to open those doors? And I got to say, man, I'm super comfortable now. I feel like what, what I've been learning in the last six weeks, I'm ready to go open some of these doors. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit, Kyle, and, and, and 
learn about what you've been doing. Um, but Dude, I'm going to tell you what, man. Out of my house, I haven't been doing anything. <laughs> he, yeah. yeah, listen, man. He's on. He's on double, like super, super quarantine because yeah. he and his wife are expecting their first in June. So, yeah. oh, congratulations! I, I, he, he he didn't even have to ask. I basically told him stay away from everybody and everything. I'll see you in a few months. Yeah. Like he, he didn't even have a beard when, when I saw him last. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was born with a beard. Yeah. No, the only, the only human interaction I've had recently was I got into a, a verbal altercation with the garbage man in the middle of the street earlier this week, but that's about it. Well, that's what happens when you're a stay at home parent. You have Dude. to pick fights with the garbage man or the, the mailman or, just a yeah. So, uh, yeah. What, what what happened? Did Elise throw something away that you no, didn't want dude, her to? Guy, I mean, I don't know if I need to get. Him? I don't know if I need. I need to get into all of this on here, but I mean, basically, I I put a box Time out. out. Stop. You cannot say I, know, I got into I know, a verbal altercation with the garbage man, and then deprive the people. Yeah, I mean, I told everybody about an. In, uh, I got a. I got a <laughs> you, earplug you, stuck in my yeah, ear at right. my mating concert. No, man. So this dude. So we've been getting a lot of stuff for the baby registry, right? Boxes and boxes every single day. One of which was a bassinet. Comes in a large box. This box, I did not feel like breaking down and throwing away with the recycling. You stuff. are a trash rebel. Dude. You did not follow protocol. You I'm, should see. I'm already on his side. No, I'm already is, on his nah, side. No, that's bullshit. Talk you me, should see the garage. Talk me off the ledge. I will. So my garage is filled with broken down boxes. In this particular box, there was a whole bunch of other garbage that we stuffed in it because it's a big enough box to do that. So I set it out on this is Friday. It comes on Tuesday and Friday. Friday of last week. I walk out because I hear him come down the street, realize I had forgot to take out the garbage. I wheel the can down there. Also holding the box. He's two houses down, sees me put everything out there, just decides to take the it's one of those those trash trucks that's got the arms on it. So he grabs the you know trash can, flips it into the top, whatever. So just leaves the box there and it, and it's like laying in my driveway. I, you know, I come out, I'm like, damn, what the hell? This guy didn't take the box. He saw me take it out there. Fast forward to Tuesday of this week. I, the night before Monday, I, I put the box on top of the trash can so that it's there was, in. so that it's there was no, the you, you, you know, no confusion about whether or not I wanted this to be thrown away. Right. I see him. We had just, we had just finished our, our recording on Tuesday. I sit here, I'm looking out my window, see him coming down the street. He rolls up. It's like better the, off dead. Dude, puts yeah. the puts the arm Give out. Me my two dollars. Smash smacks the, the the box into the middle of my driveway, grabs the can, dumps it in there, peels off. I he was showed so, you dude. He showed I was you the so triggered. Hand. He oh, showed no. you the pimp hand in your own driveway. <laughs> no, no, no. I was so pissed, man. I immediately went outside, grabbed the box. There's a cul-de-sac a little bit further down, which is what he went into. I hope you tucked that thing like the Heisman and dude, just went with it. I was pissed, man. I'm st- yeah, storming down the street. I get down there and I, you know, I hold up my arms. I'm like, the hell, man. And he and he's like mocking me, like doing this. And I, <laughs> and I, I get up to him and I'm like, why are you not taking my box, man? This is the second, you know, second day in a row. And he's just like, it's not trash. It's not trash. I'm like, what do you mean it's not trash? I put it out with the trash. Clearly it's trash. I wanted it to be thrown away. It's like, it's recycling, it's cardboard, it's not trash. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't remember ever recalling asking you to sift through my trash and determine whether or not you wanted to throw it away. He's like, it's not trash, it's recycling. 
and he just peels off in the in the garbage truck again. So I, so then it was, I want to know who souped dude, up that garbage truck to peel off. Peeled of, you know. off just in his stupid stupid white sunglasses. Guys, a guys a tool. I was pissed, man. I still am pissed. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> I, I just want to drive dude, to his I'm, house. I'm, it's it's he's catching hands on site if I if I see his ass again. I I want to go to Kyle's house every every night before garbage night and just leave unbroken unbroken down boxes at the end of his driveway. Oh wow. Uh, and oh. I'm gonna write actually it would be even better if you took quarantine and, life, man. Look, if I'm you on took edge, and dude. just wrote just wrote garbage on the outside of the box and if he says it's not garbage man no man it says right there garbage. look at it it's clearly garbage dude uh, still dude, waiting on a call back from listen, the supervisor this whole thing tells me exactly what kyle kyle has not gotten his copy of never split the difference yet so he is not able to effectively negotiate <laughs> with the trash <laughs> collector in his neighborhood <laughs> Oh, that's a great book. That's a great book. It is. Ah, man, I've talked about it all week. It's so awesome. Kyle's going to want to read it, and he just can't because he's on quarantine. (laughs) I'm on quarantine with 73 boxes of Girl Scout cookies. It was 100 (laughs) when this whole thing started. Uh, I mean, how awesome is it that I can get up from my desk right now, walk over, and have my choice between Tagalongs, Thin Mints, Dosey Dos, or Samoas? That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. And if I wanted to walk a few steps further, I could get a box of any of the aforementioned from the freezer as well. Freezer's Dude, frozen, frozen Thin Mints are something special, man. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, you're you've been – Hanging out during quarantine, I know this isn't lost time. I mean, I think the one thing that that I respect more about Ricky than anything else is the fact that, I mean, you've already heard him say it five or six times, research, 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 research. The dude is a research animal when it comes to looking at the, um, you know, looking at these accounts and all of the other stuff that goes into doing the pre-prospect qualification and all of that. I think you've got a huge leg up on a lot of people because you've spent your time doing that. Well, well, and I got to say, I, I won. I don't have commercial experience, so I don't have, I'm not bringing bad habits to the table. All I know is what you tell me to go and do, right? I mean, I, I you could tell me, Kyle, you could tell me that if I wanted to go ride a fleet of garbage trucks, that I Dude. have to properly sort all my trash, <laughs> and that's as easy as it is, and I wouldn't know any different, right? Uh, right? I mean, right. so yeah, so I, I, spent, I spent an, a year doing nothing but cold calling age leads day in and day out to build my personal lines book at my here at this. there's only one job in the world right now that i can think of that would be worse than that and that is being a garbage man in kyle's Dude. neighborhood yeah so but in doing that i got really good at object overcoming objections people telling me no people telling me no nicely people telling me no not so nicely Right. Right. I mean, and how to get people to let me quote them and let me right. And, and it kind of became a game like, okay, I keep hearing this same. What's, objection. What's, what, what, what's the, what was, so two things, what was the most common one that you were getting all the time? And then what was the worst one 
that you would get that you would just like like my garbage man triggered and, and set you off. <laughs> oh, so so that's that's kind of tough. I, I think I know some the one you know the ones that just drive me crazy like are like I was up on a ladder painting my house and you made me come down and pick up the phone for this and it's like <laughs> you didn't have to answer the yeah. phone. You, right. I mean, <laughs> like, That's no, awesome. I, I did not. I, that one has always stuck with me. Um, That's great. What's you know, the most yes. common stuff you hear? Well, well I mean, listen, how, and what would your response to that be? Because I've got one right off the top of my head. <laughs> I, I would rather that hear one, your... That one actually left me speechless. So I, I, wanted, right. I do want to know. If, what he, if he said that, I would probably come back with something along the lines of, well, it's good to know that I have that type of mind control over you. So at what point would you like for me to go ahead and bind your coverage? Yeah, you oh, obviously, I, obviously, I can manipulate you into thinking whatever whatever I can, you know. <laughs> yeah, my Jedi mind tricks bringing you down your simple, the ladder to talk to me about your insurance yeah, policy. Like, the, telepathic, the telepathic waves that hit him in the side of the head. Yeah, that he knew it was you because he didn't even know, right? <laughs> no, he didn't know it was you on the phone until he got there and actually got to the phone, because otherwise the phone he wouldn't have to come down the ladder and his story oh, wouldn't have been so nearly as dramatic. A, lo yeah. a lot of people are too busy or at work. I mean, that those are classics. I'm oh, I can't right now. I'm at work. Well, then what'd you answer the phone for? Right. Yeah. You know, or like, like I had so somebody busy. do that. I had somebody do that because I'm the only one really in the office that can do any quoting at, at this office right now. And so I, um, I'm sitting here yesterday and a lead drops through a web form for a personal line. So I jump in to go into the Raider and quote it. And I needed a couple more pieces of information. I called the lady, immediately sends me to voicemail, send her an email, says, I'll have to respond to your questions later. I'm at work. Well, what? I just literally like, yeah. what, what you, you can't, for? you can't do a delay set. What were you dropping a deuce in the handicapper <laughs> and you decided to fill out a web form on insurance and now all of a sudden <laughs> you can't talk anymore. No. That was the best use of your 10 minutes. Yeah. Was, right. Was, I mean, was TMZ.com down. They, <laughs> <laughs> they, so, so I, I kind of just started making it a game, right? Like, okay, this person's already telling me now. They're already over it. So what can I do to keep pushing? And maybe next time it'll get somebody to yes. And maybe next time, you know, because, and, and I, and that you really need to have, and you have to have that thick skin, you know? And I, I like, I'm really competitive and I really like shit talking to people like, and in, in good fun with friends, you guys can joke around with me. I can joke around with you. Like one of my favorite things about you, David, is you're the same kind of way we sit there, you know, we're, we're buddies. You can mess with me. I can mess with you. I know we'll have a laugh about it. It's all fun. Right. I, I can and, take it as much as I wish it out, man. And, and mm. people and people that take themselves so seriously drive me nuts. And so, and, and, but with that kind of wit and way to do that, I, I kind of started really, just okay what do i i mean i'm here i gotta make these 300 phone calls today anyway you know i'm i'm gonna sit and i'm just if they're gonna tell me no and be mean and answer the phone i mean what what's the worst thing that they're gonna do are they gonna tell me to go f off you know, are they uh, gonna hey, you know like do you know what would have been awesome oh, this is so awesome <laughs> if you would have just sat down and wrote the lyrics to a rejection rap <laughs> and as they were as they were telling you no you just lead in with that that it's not like that soft beatbox. And then you just start freestyling about them 
breaking up with you for like it would have been awesome. How many how many people would you have gotten back if you just started oh. rapping for no reason? Oh. Just no reason, no reason because eh, I think I'll just go ahead and do a little rapping right now. I bet I'd probably get a few of those back. Without <laughs> um, a doubt. The ones that really make me mad are the ones that would waste my time though. Like that, and I'd fall the for worst. it. The worst. But I, but I would fall for it. Then I'd be more right. mad that I fell for it. Right? Like, oh yeah, okay. Well, and what's your address? And they'll give it to me, and it's like, well, I live at one, two, three, fuck you, street. And then you're like, <laughs> oh god damn, I can't believe I just fell for you. Uh, I, <laughs> so uh, that was obviously Michael. That was obviously yeah. Michael Hunt. <laughs> Michael Hunt, probably. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, those. So, so the ones that made me the worst mad that I had no, like, those are the ones because it's like, just tell me right now that you're not interested. Yeah. Tell me you're too busy at work. And it's right. like, you know. So, um, but what I'm going with that was between the research that you guys are teaching me to do, I'm already now feel like I know these people and I'm comfortable knocking on the doors in their business or picking up the phone and calling them and where before I was calling complete absolute strangers and dealing mm -hmm. with what comes with that. And two, I've already been beat up for a year on yeah. making these i'm not i mean if if what you tell me to do is go pick up the phone and do the same thing but i'm calling the kind of businesses that have a bigger margin that take my advice that are that are better to work with i mean okay that's that's great like i'm not afraid to go and do that now i think if i were going from where you're coming from probably the biggest thing that is going to be an adjustment for you is the just the difference in volume right so it's not, and when I say volume, I mean like actual sales volume because you're going to be front loaded a lot, right? You're going to have to spend a good bit of time going through all of the cold call marketing drops, email, telephone, follow up, all of that stuff. You might hit one or two out of 10. You might when you're just first getting your pipeline built. But as you continue to add more and more into that pipeline, over time and you and once you figure out your sweet spot as far as your prospecting then the volume picks up a little bit but it's never going to be the same as sitting here dude if i'll put it to you this way if you go after doing marketing drops with the same reckless abandon mm -hmm. you go after calling hundreds of dead for all <laughs> practical purposes homeowners leads you're going to be driving something with suicide doors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I'm hungry, right? I, I, I mean, I, I built a decent base of my personal lines book, but no, I'm not, I'm not living large here. I'm not, you know, I, I, I have to sell stuff. I'm not, it's not so comfortable that, Oh, I can take my time and go and do this. So I, I got to go. I'm hungry. And um, I, it's funny because, Going, doing the research and building my list and all the stuff, I, I kind of, I guess I want to be a little bit careful because I don't want to give away all the secrets here on, on, on the podcast, but it's opened up a door of, so I, I live in a big city. I'm in Portland. I know there's business out there, but again, how do I find it? How do I open those doors? Oh my God. It's like, I could go, if I, I spend an hour a day working on my list right now and it's, I mean, I, I could do this for a year and still be working there's so much opportunity mm -hmm. there it's crazy it's oh absolutely even, crazy man even more than that yeah but i think that's a big difference you know then the other thing is you'll have to deal with the psychology of knowing you've worked this hard and then you go out and people are immediately like yeah no we're not interested 
I don't think, to be perfectly honest with you, a lot of people would view this as the worst time ever to be opening an agency like Ryan Hanley is or moving your focus over to this like you are. I think it's the absolute best time because there's a lot of people that don't have a really good strategy for six months from now. I mean, right. at all. Like they're spend, they're living so much in the moment that they're not putting themselves in a position to be successful long term whereas you guys are you're going through the process you're making your skill set better you're you know doing the research you're building out your pipeline you're doing everything you possibly can so that you basically have your thumb on the nuclear trigger when this thing's over and boom you hit it and everything everything starts going into motion then you're going to absolutely crush it because i think you're going to be very well received as long as you have your message dialed in Whatever that message is, it might take you a few times to get it dialed in. But once you do, I think everybody's going to be shopping. Everybody. Oh, I don't doubt that. I mean, even with personal lines, a line I know, when I first started doing that cold calling, it took me a couple months of getting, okay, I'm realizing I'm saying the same stuff. And you start hitting the notes where people reply. You start, you know what I, you know, Kyle, I see you nodding. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yep, like, absolutely. You, I, I have my full flow. cadence of how you say this, yeah. what you say, when you hit what, right? Like everyone wants to tell you insurance is a scam. No, whatever they are. And, and, and you, and I, I finally learned to just, yep. Yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, what if I could tell you the rules of how to make it so it works for you? How can mm -hmm. I, you know, like, and all, and just let them get it all out and then bring them back to yep. where you are. Right. Um, got to agree with them first. Let them, you know, let them vent, you know, let them see that you're on their side and then present them with the solution for their problem. That's all. That's all their all objection is, 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 they're, is they're giving you what their problem is. They're telling you how to fix it. If you can fix it, you win the deal. Exactly. And, and I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't see that being different. And, and I think you're right. I, I, I have to find that I'm going to have to find that rhythm once you right. know, we're, we're free to go and find it and be in touch with people. But I also think, and you guys can tell me if I'm crazy or not, but I think the learning curve for me on that now is going to be a lot, it's not going to be as steep because coming out of this, I, I just have this feeling that there's going to be a lot more people open to talking and looking that otherwise might be harder for me to get their attention. No, I think 100%. Totally agree with that. Um, you know, so I, I think I could probably not have that rhythm down and get some opportunities that I would otherwise miss. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think, you know, for me, I think the bigger learning curve is on the sales side for most people, not the product knowledge side. You don't have to have that. The, hard, the harder part to learn is the part you're going to be pretty proficient at other than actually going out and putting it into practice. Yeah. So you don't, you can figure out what you need to know about coverage. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and I, I went through total CSR just to get that down, um, which is great. And I learned a lot about the co those coverages, how to put those together, how to fill the cord forms out correctly. Um, but Love you know, that. like, but you know, like, yeah, but you know, like anything, literally the worst, but like anything, it's it doing it in a textbook situation or even in their vacuum is one thing doing it in real life and really putting it in there is, is kind of how you learn it's different. So, um, I, I need to make sure I don't kid myself that just because I completed total CSR, I now know coverages like an expert. Right. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, what we're gonna have to do here is we're gonna have to give you the CG twenty ten endorsement yeah. for the uh, yeah additional insured. <laughs> yeah, never right. Cover the shed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just stay. Just listen. <laughs> just make it up, man. Just make yeah. it up as you go. Yeah, they don't know any better. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. That's what your competition's doing. Oh yeah, but I I mean you know what I I think that. What where my where I'm going where I've kind of gone in my journey here with insurance is it took me a few years but I've finally figured out what it is that I want and what I want an agency for me to look like and what I want to go after and it's crazy because when you're in the big groups you know they're national and stuff it's like everybody just wants to tell you that their way is the right way right like <laughs> you know how many times do you hear people if you sell on price you're an absolute loser and it's like yeah <laughs> and then the guy comes back and says well i'm the loser that has a five million dollar revenue agency who sells on price so right. now who i i mean, and, I mean and meanwhile the guy that called him a loser has probably got a book of one hundred and fifty thousand in revenue you know what i mean yeah i mean it's just it's crazy and 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 for agents that are younger starting out, it's it's like, okay, well, I shouldn't do that. Oh, well, this is the right way. And there is no right way. The right way is what is one, what gets you paid. And two, that makes you at the end of the day, that makes you happy, right? I mean, just because you have a, a $10 million revenue agency, don't thumb your nose at the dude that's got 800 grand in revenue because maybe his lifestyle is absolutely great and he's the happiest dude to be around in the world and has no stress right and and mm -hmm. they're both right right i mean so so for me it, it took me a few years to get out of that and I, <laughs> and I now know i mean and don't get me wrong i i want to i i intend i'm going to win i want to i, I want to have a big revenue agency but um I know that my number is going to change. Eventually you get comfortable, mm -hmm. you know, and if I'm happy and my bills are paid and my office is low stress and this and that, this conversation might be a lot different next time. Right. I see all the books behind you, man. Two questions. A, what is on your reading list? B, who signed the baseball or is that just like your first home run in little league? No, man, that's a Nolan Ryan baseball. Nice. That's awesome. Nolan Ryan is um figured it had to be somebody up there. Oh, I I love Nolan growing up, Nolan Ryan was like my favorite. He is the baddest ass. I mean, if you're gonna charge the plate at Nolan Ryan, you're gonna probably end up with a bloody face, right? <laughs> you know That's what uh that's what Robin Ventura found out. He took a line I mean, Nolan Ryan took a line drive to the face and finished the game with more strikeouts than anybody. I mean, like I'm sorry. I, I Nolan Ryan is Nolan Ryan is the best. I I love Nolan Ryan, man. Um, awesome. I would fully expect anybody wearing an Iron Maiden T-shirt to give Nolan Ryan the <laughs> highest endorsement possible. I, I I mean, yeah, Nolan Ryan. The only other places you could have gone with that would be the Big Unit or David Wells. That's it. Randy Big Johnson. Unit, stud. Big Unit is a stud. You know. Um, I uh, remember when he killed that bird. That was awesome. I was just, I was just gonna say that is so cool. Um, <laughs> so ridiculous. But, but even then, I bet if you, so I bet Nolan Ryan would beat Randy Johnson in a street fight, even with Randy Johnson's reach. Oh, there's no doubt in my mind. He would listen. Number one, all you would have to do is just like 
freaking thump Randy Johnson in that massive Adam's apple. <laughs> that guy's going nowhere. I'm yeah. whacking him in. The, I'm gonna give him the three stiff ones to the voice box right out of the. <laughs> Just right out of the chute. Uh, and he's going down. He's going down. If nothing uh, else, he's not going to be able to breathe. He's going to bend over. I'm going to punt him in the face when he does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking no. to you, unit. If you're listening to this. Uh, no, or, no or am I? Or, or am I? Is that or is that what I really wouldn't do, but I want him to think that's what I would do because then it will open him up to my real master strategy. Now I have you on your toes, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they don't make they broke the mold with him, man. They don't they don't make they don't make they don't make them like that anymore. Um so that's Nolan Ryan baseball. And cool. uh on my reading list right now I'm reading Never Split the Difference, which was recommended by you, Dave. Um I honestly yeah, it'd be cool to read that. You know, there's, you know, there is this service online that you, you don't have, well, no, you the, can get books in quarantine still. I bought, I actually <laughs> bought him, I bought him a copy and then the next week is when we stopped seeing everybody. Uh, oh, okay. Um, does the mail not deliver down there? I just haven't, I haven't, <laughs> haven't done it yet. Um, no, it does. Remember we get like four to five boxes every single day that yeah, I have to listen, throw away. Yeah, I'm really concerned if the male relationship is the same as the trash relationship up there. <laughs> he might not get the book. <laughs> I, have, I have no beef with the male service. Uh, so I, I actually have a few going right now. I'm reading that, and I'm reading this book called Why We Sleep. Um, it's about it's about well, it's about sleep. Um, I found that on absolutely titled. Then <laughs> yeah, I, I found I found that it was on. Uh, I, I got sucked in it was either on like Inc or Entrepreneur Magazine. It was like on Bill Gates reading list or some, 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 something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I go, I go back to it every once in a while. It's kind of long and boring to be honest. Um, but I'm interested in it because I, sleep is very important and to your health. And it, I mean, a lot of people and a lot of people t- don't appreciate that. You know, I mean, how many people, especially entrepreneurs or our industry, uh, almost pride themselves yeah. and wear it like a badge of honor that they got yeah. four hours of sleep last right. night and they worked 12 hours yesterday and every, single every day. day. And, yeah. you know, okay, that's cool. But how sustainable is that, right? Well, if you worked 12 and you slept four, what the heck were you doing yeah. for the other for the other eight? I mean, I'm not going to do public There's eight math, hours but... missing in that math, brother. Yeah. I mean, you get my point, you know. Or like – or or I hear all this, you know, you have to wake up at 4 a.m. and do your workout. And then you have to do this. And otherwise your day is just trash, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely have to listen to a lot of Tony Robbins in that time frame. Yeah, I mean, and so so I'm really I that book is is interesting to me and I, you know, a lot about just I could go I, this isn't really what that's about, but that's a good that's I would recommend that if you're into like health and performance and stuff and it's a nice spin on learning how your sleep rhythm works and then building your progress from there. Like I'm a night guy, I like to sleep in in the morning. Um sure. If I listen to these entrepreneurs, I would be a total failure, you know. Um, and uh, I also, and I just finished um, talking with strangers, which hmm. is a good one. Malcolm Gladwell, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good one. I'm in the middle of "From Dude to Dad: A Guide to Pregnancy." It's pretty sweet. Man, I read <laughs> I, I, I read a book similar to that a long time ago when my before my firstborn came and. 
those parenting books are funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're good. Um, I don't, it's funny. I read, I don't like nonfiction. Um, I read a lot of, you know, self-improvement, um, entrepreneur type business books, sales books get boring. They're all kind of the same. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, I don't read, I don't read a lot for parenting and relationships and I probably should bring it now that you bring that up. <laughs> Ricky, we we need to come clean. Your your wife had called and she wanted us to uh, talk to you about all of this. Use the podcast as a disguise Slide and rope in there you in the for, the last, for the last fifty five minutes. Oh, uh, that's good. What are you what What are you reading right now, Dave? I just wrapped up never uh, never split the difference and getting ready to start Atomic Habits. That's on my list. Actually, I have that next. My wife advised it would be in my best interest to read that book because she felt it relevant for me. So I'll read it, whatever. I don't there you go. Probably ask her to give me a quiz and she wouldn't be able to because she didn't really read it herself. She just sound, thought it sounded like something she needed to force on my plate. <laughs> What's your favorite sales book? My favorite sales book. You know, I I haven't really read like a ton of sales books, believe it or not. I've read um, like one of the very first ones that I ever read was The Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins. Classic. Absolutely classic. And then it's still applicable today. And then um, the other one that I read and liked was The Little Red Book of Selling by Jeffrey Gittimer. That's probably the only two real books on sales that I've ever read. I read one, the... Uh... 212 like degree like the extra degree about the boiling point and everything and how they related it to sales that was pretty cool I like that. it's kind of something like you've talked about dave just taking that extra step that extra two minutes to you know provide people with that experience that are they're going to remember you and you know um that's it's an absolute game changer yeah the wedge i've read the wedge by randy schwantz that was the first book i read I like in the, the insurance industry it's pretty solid I um I just I bought a new sandwich, fifty six degree. It's my birthday on April twenty ninth, so you know, got that got that piece customized. Man, yeah, just, just in time to have a baby and have extra time to go use it, right? Exactly. How does one how does how does one have that customized? Is it like bedazzled with special grips? Hell or? yeah! So it's you can get you it sand streamers. You got streamers flying out the handle of it. <laughs> yeah, no, you can just. I, I got it stamped. Like a lot of the pros, you see that that like their wedges are stamped with different, either the, like their initials or name or whatever. So I just got my initials stamped all over the back of it. Nah, I, I don't ever see that actually. Well, it's because you suck at golf. <laughs> well, I don't. You know, my look. A, I'm not going to debate that. But B, B, what blows my mind is, like, why do you know that? Like. Because I mean, I watch golf and I like it. I mean, you see it. But like, what is there a point in the match where they zoom in on the head yeah. of somebody's club? And say, there's sure. a rather nice Dude, customization. If you haven't noticed, golf is like boring and so there's like a lot of dead air. So they got to talk about stuff. So they like show people's bags and then, you know, it, I, dude, just just go watch this stuff yeah, and show just, people's bags. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh man. That's all I got. All right, Ricky. So I guess the question is up to this point, what's been your favorite thing so far? Of in our the independent, in oh, the independent. It, yeah. What's, what's your favorite thing about being the independent life at this point? Freedom. I would say 
you know, I, uh, in my, in my captive days, if something didn't, you know, if I wanted to try something or was doing something different, it's, yeah, that's okay. You know, it's your business, it's your agency. You can do it as long as it's our, as long as it's within our rules, as long as it's our way, as long as it's this, you know, um, I don't have any of that. I, I can go and do anything I want. I can use any system I want. I can plug them in any way I want. I can get any kind of client that I want. If I want to build a business from non-standard SR22 DUI type people, I can do that. If I want to, you know, go and get good personal lines, I can. If I want to move in and make the transition and do what you do, I can do that too. And there's nobody to tell me yes or no. Um, I can do it my way. I can be totally virtual if I want. I can do. So that freedom is really what was lacking. You know, I grew up in a family business and if something broke, if something didn't work, we just fixed it. We just found a way. When you're a captive, you don't get, you don't get to do that. Um, not really. So that's, that's the best is the freedom. Nice. Agreed. Well, with that, I think it's time we sign off and say, let freedom ring. <laughs> <laughs> Let freedom ring, man. Deep, deep, <laughs> hey, deep, deep oh. thoughts. <laughs> Ricky Hader's insurance career is summed up by Leonard Skinner Ballard. <laughs> uh, free bird. Yeah, man. Free bird. All right, well, listen, man, thanks for coming on and rapping with us for an hour. Work on the lyrics for that rejection rap. I'm, I'm waiting to see you just... <laughs> Break it down, maybe with a little pop and lock in the lobby of a middle market account. You know, yeah. you know, you know, when quarantine's over and we get to go, and I get to go and actually apply all this stuff that you're you're teaching me, I'll come back and we'll we'll just, we'll, we'll go over that. We'll we'll play the just, just, <laughs> just open open up the door and just do the worm right into the lobby <laughs> in a tracksuit, <laughs> and, and, and then stand up, and then just stand up and look at the gatekeeper like nothing happened. Uh, like just do the wickedest worm ever into the lobby. Just, you're like, definitely every, getting that appointment everybody yeah everybody everybody walks in that way these days I mean, all the kids are doing it oh uh, that's good no thanks for having me guys I, I i could talk to you guys all day about this stuff this is super fun so i hope uh yeah well we're know. gonna fast forward six months i, I want to hear the success in six months you got it man maybe maybe we'll do it live in tampa while while your guys fitting me for one of those suits there, there you, you go. go he'd love to do it i can promise you he was just here yesterday <laughs> So, all right, guys. All right, brother. We'll talk soon. Cool. Yep. Thanks, Later. man. Thanks. See you. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. Killing Commercial.